0: Hello, and welcome to the Property Unleashed podcast with me, Mark Fitzgerald. So today I'm joined by a special guest, Hugh Davis, who became financially independent in 2016. He built a six-figure business from scratch, a stocks and shares portfolio, which he could live from, and a 1 million property portfolio in less than 18 months. Now, that's a hell of an achievement. He started a YouTube business focused on his passions, which are finance, fun, and philosophy. His aim is to become financially free, or to help you, sorry. His aim is to help you become financially free whilst putting a smile on your face. What isn't there to like about this? Welcome to the show, Hughes. great to have you on.
1: Thanks for having me, Mark. Yeah, this is, uh, as you said before, we went live. This has been a long time coming. So I'm glad that you've been patient enough to wait for me to sort my internet out and to finally be here and have this chat. So, yeah, really looking forward to it.
0: No, it's great. And thank you for coming on as well, because I know you have a wealth of knowledge. And um, if you're not following Hugh on social media, I will put some links to this, you need to be follow following him because the posts and the videos and everything that he puts out, it does educate you, but it is so entertaining as well. I mean, I, I absolutely love it. So Hugh, can you just tell, you know, listeners that haven't heard of you before a bit about yourself, please?
1: Yeah, uh, well, I was, I, I suppose again I'm not going to swear because I don't know whether like, I can actually do that but I'll try not to but I wasn't uh probably someone that lived to their um uh, their potential in their 20s let's put it that way and I kind of wasted it I went drinking for the weekend living for the weekend put on weight I was dealing with some anxiety issues I, I led from the outside what would probably be seen as quite a decent life but within myself, I knew I was far capable, uh, capable of far more. Um, And I just didn't know what to do. I I didn't know what career to go into. I was a sales manager. I had a good job, but um, I've been lost for years and was getting a little bit kind of disenfranchised with life. And I came across uh, the FIRE community, which stands for Financial Independence Retire Early, which is all about really living on as little as possible, making as much as you can, and then investing the difference into assets which cover your living expenses. So you can retire, become financially dependent, and you can do it actually very quickly. So I thought I'm going to set myself a goal to achieve that by the time I'm 40. And I started when I was 30. I uh, That's something I could really get behind and get like excited about. And um, yeah, that really just started the wheels in motion for investing in stocks and shares. And uh, learned very quickly, there's only so far that you can reduce expenses by before I need to focus on increasing income. So I started dabbling with some businesses and I went into an area of publishing, which is my my main cash flow business. And then um, that drastically sped up the process to me investing more, which covered my living expenses. I then got into property and I've started another business, which is more of a passion project, which is trying to help other people become financially independent. Because here's the key takeaway for me, Mark, is that financial independence is just, it gave me something to focus on when I didn't know what to focus on so if you're a little bit lost with life and you don't know what to do well if you've got enough money coming in to cover your living expenses it frees you up to do whatever the hell you want so if you want to travel you want to be the best dad in the world you want to focus on your your hobby whatever that is or gardening or whatever like becoming financially independent can do that so i feel so strongly about it um that i want to help other people achieve that uh so really that's what i'm now currently living for
0: Brilliant, brilliant. And that's your driving focus, I know, from the content and everything that you put out. And you, you're a man that sets himself some good goals. I always say good goals because they're big goals, aren't they? You like to stretch yourself and you like to push yourself yeah. to, to, to the limits. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's are a man after my own heart because that's what it's all about. Yeah. Stretch yourself, massive goals. And if you only get halfway, hell, you'll have achieved something really, really good. So, I mean, if, if, before we go forward, let's just go back a little bit. You were saying you're a bit lost in things, and and really you, your driving focus was to become financially free and independent. What did you uh, find that you had to cut back on then in those early days? You know, when when you took it back to, so to speak, uh, back to the bare bones.
1: Well, well, I was, I was reading the um, a summary of the Richest Man in Babylon, and it was highlighting that you should to become wealthy, you should aim to save ten to thirty percent of your wage. And I counted mine up for the year, and that came out at thirty eight percent, and I was like. I am a savings god, you know. Brought down here with the mere mortals of Earth to show them how I properly save. I thought I was unbelievable, and I then found the fire community not long into that because I was just googling, looking into this stuff, and worked out there were people saving fifty percent of their wage, seventy, and even over eighty percent of their wage. I was like, "What? That's impossible! Like, how can you even do that?" And read into the ways they were living, and it was a case of they were selling their car, walking or biking to work. And making pat lunches they wouldn't buy any clothes they wouldn't go on holiday they would just live like quite extreme lives and made a game of it so initially i was like oh i don't know if i want to kind of cut back to that level i, w- I like my car i like my sky tv i like all these things but i kind of I really gamified it and just to to try and see how cheaply I could live. So at the time we had a mortgage, it was probably about 120K, I think, at the time. Uh, We lived in Herefordshire, which is probably, at the time, slightly below average for the kind of UK housing prices. Um, But we still had a mortgage, and I was able to live on less than 10 grand in a year. So that was my goal. Um, But... Cutting back, Mark, was a case of, I didn't need to cut back on anything, but I sold my car, got rid of Sky TV, didn't buy any new clothes, didn't have any fun, didn't go on holidays, <laughs> nothing like that. And I kind of liked it. It was just like rough, like how far can I scrape this? And uh, I really got into it and enjoyed it, but realized like 800 quid a month I could live on, 700 was just, I, I couldn't do anything. You know, so I realized that there's only so far I can push this down, but the income is you know limitless. So uh, that's where I need to then kind of shift my focus after that.
0: Wow, that's quite quite extreme, though, isn't it? If you if you take it back to that extent and everything, yeah. and you did that for ten years,
1: no, no, I did. So I live frugally. I mean, I probably I, to the degree people still think I am still people still think I'm really tight and will say that. I mean, I don't think I am, but uh, I okay. I'll put I, I'll tell you exactly what I spend right now. So we have a mortgage, and we spend. Um, well, I'll say what I spend. I spend fourteen hundred pounds. That, that is what I need to spend to cover everything. And I could cut that way back, okay? And then I have £600 a month spending money, which I make myself spend uh, because I'm now trying to be less, live less frugally. So I live on less than two grand. I could live on 1,400 and I could cut that down to probably 1,200, something like that, 1,000 without really being too impacted, uh, if that gives you an idea. So um, yeah, I've been living frugally or, or that way. For 10 years, but extremely, I lived for a few years and uh, I quickly kind of got out of that or loosened it up a little bit.
0: But I suppose by doing that for a couple of years, it it, um, speeded up your results, isn't it, Of, of getting yourself where you want to get to. And I think that's what a lot of people can miss is if you actually put the time in, you know, now it doesn't have to be forever. It just to get yourself, you know, get that foot in the, in the door on, on the ladder, so to speak, to get yourself going up in the right direction. But that is that is cool. And and did, did you have a partner doing it with you or, or were they, you know, did you get have to get anybody else on board for this?
1: Yeah, so that's a great point, because my other half is from Sweden. She's from the middle of Sweden, which is classes up north. OK, which is that they will have 24 hours of daylight and like only a few hours of sunlight in the like extremes of the of the year so she's grown up living very frugally. She was the frugal one here. Like we would have maybe quarter of an onion left over and there'd be maybe three green beans. And she would kind of put them into a pot to save, to use tomorrow when I would normally just chuck it in the bin, you know, I didn't finish it. She'd be like, no, we'll save that. We'll use it tomorrow. So I kind of, Get living with her, adopted some of the frugal ways, but then, as I tend to do, when you said it's quite extreme, I'm just quite an extreme person. I took it to like you know, I pushed it to see how far I could go and took it on to another level. Lou's still this frugally, she always will, she lives on less than me. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, so I think for a lot of people, they say, Oh, what about winning over my my other half? Like, I get it, I understand what you're saying, I want to do it, but my other half doesn't. Well, you kind of You can't really persuade anyone to do something they don't want to do. And I say lead by example, like be the change you want to see in the world. So if you want to live like that, live like that, share the experiences you're getting, good and bad, and then they may or may not choose to kind of join you on that. Uh, I was fortunate enough that my other half kind of led the way on that side. So we were able to join forces quite quickly.
0: No, that is good. That is good. And I, quickly, uh, another point that you touched on there is, is like the six hundred pounds that you force yourself to spend, and yeah. a lot of people go, oh, "I'd love to, I'd love to have six hundred pounds," but it, it does work. I've done this to myself as well. I have, I have a different card uh, that I use, and 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 some of my uh, well, my wage each month goes onto that card, and I can just do whatever I want with that, and and that's a game changer, isn't it?
1: Like this part of my budgeting that, that I kind of help people with if I'm coaching them, uh, it's uh, what I call the uh, drugs, alcohol, and hooker money, really. It's money you can do or whatever you want. It's guilt-free spending. So whatever that percentage is, the 5%, 10%, 20%, whatever you decide it to be, it goes onto that card, and there's zero justification. You spend on that whatever the hell you want, and it's a really important component of budgeting because you need that. I, live, I lived on 50 quid a month for that spending for years. So people find that strange. I I even know someone right that lived on a pound a week, like 52 quid for the year. That was their guilt-free. That's that how lit, how much they drove this down. So I know people can go on the extremes, but um, it's important to have that, um, I think. You know, people can get caught in the guilt of buying things, and I definitely did. And I, and I at some point, had to move away from frugality because it was costing me value. Because remember, it's not what something costs, it's what value you get off the back of it. And a lot of us can get caught solely on cost, where they're not trying to see what you're getting off the other end. As an example, we've both been on Simon Zucci's Mastermind program. That's a twenty thousand pound property course. Okay, so the cost. When I tell people that, that blows their mind. Like, how could you spend? You could just go and do it and save that money for deposit. Yeah, you could. Or I could expedite the process, build a million pound portfolio in eighteen months, is which was what I did. You know, so the cost was high, but the value was. far higher. So I, I I would recommend everyone do that because I had that experience and I was willing to put the working. So um, yeah, I think you can get, when you go down frugal, frugal living is a great way to start, but it's level one. You need to move on and look to increase income because there's far more potential there and try not to get caught into this. How much does it cost to be mindset? And to, as you rightly said, allow yourself an allocation to go and have fun and do whatever the hell you want with it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And of course, you know, Invest in yourself. I always say it. I say it all the time. I like a broken record, but it is the minute I got out of my own way and actually understood that if I spend money to learn and find out how to do things a little bit easier and more cost effectively, and actually make more money, it's my world's opened up. My world has completely opened up. So you know, I always recommend to people do follow people who are doing what you want because they they've taken the actions uh, to do so, and they're probably pieced it together, or they're following somebody as well and doing the same sort of thing. And, you know, nothing's ever really reinvented to a point. There are certain things, obviously, but most things are just the steps. Just follow these right steps. These are the steps that will get you there as long as you're prepared to put the work and the effort in. And that's great so as you as you started down this sort of frugal route which was a couple of years and then you you started obviously um was it was it what what was next for you then was it the stock portfolio or or
1: was it property or or what was it well when I was living frugally at that point I'd started investing because I wanted to I got out of debt um in my late twenties and I now had money so I was like right okay now I've got this maybe I can't even remember it might been two four hundred pounds a month I had free. So right now I'm not paying my debt. I actually got savings. So I was like, well, what should I do? I, and I kind of understood that probably cash wasn't a good place to do that. Like I should be investing. Uh, I heard people doing it and I just went down that path. So I started index investing, um was it 2011, 2012? So just over 10 years ago now. And I was just growing it up without really too much of an end goal, feeling like I should be doing that. And whilst looking into frugality and coming across the FIRE community, I understood that, oh, I could become financially dependent whilst living off my investment income. So I just tried to live as cheaply as I could. I had my guilt-free 50 quid a month that was set lived the cheapest I could, then anything else, where I had bonuses, commission, that would just go into investing more into stocks, which would create more income for me, uh, which would make, um, which would mean I could retire earlier. So that was the kind of goal behind it. So stocks was, um, was the first thing that kind of started that. And the kind of general advice I'd give for that, people saying, should I start there? What about property? Which one's the best one to do? Stocks are real easy. I could sit down with someone for an hour and tell you how to go from zero to 80, 90% of the way there Within an hour, genuinely, and you can get on with your life. It's passive; you can just move on and focus on other areas. Property, you're not doing that in an hour. It takes a lot of time. The returns are far greater. There's a lot more added uh, benefits to property, but you have to put the time in uh, to kind of learn and understand it. So it's not binary binary decision. You can do both, uh, and I recommend people do both. But stocks is a great way to get up and running in investing if you've never done it before. So uh, yeah, I've been doing that for about ten years, and property since. Uh, learning about two thousand and nineteen took about eighteen months to two years to learn about property to actually pull the trigger and get my first investment
0: and with when it comes obviously that i mean that's brilliant advice as well but when it comes to the property investing and things was was that just because you were thinking uh i want i want to speed this up or like you say i, I want to have different streams of sort
1: of income
0: coming through at the at the back end
1: both both please uh, yeah so i i I actually went to a networking event to learn about property and I could see that people People that would talk about property would speak so passionately and say how amazing it was. So I went to a networking event. I, I just said, oh, this is who I am. I've got my own business. I work from like, I'm basically free. I work in stocks and shares. I want to get into property, but I've got no idea what I'm doing. And this guy said, do you want to go for coffee? And we'll, you know, I, I, we can kind of maybe share numbers and help each other because I'm interested in internet businesses as well as investing in stocks. I was like, yeah, perfect. So went for coffee and he just <laughs> he opened up his book and showed me a deal with an almost no money down deal. So he put in something like, it was like 23 grand. And after refinancing, he pulled out everything apart from three grand. And it was making multiple hundreds of pounds a month on top of that. So I was like, wait, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. Because you've only got like three grand in that, but you're making hundreds of pounds a month. And I was got, got my calculator out, and I was like, what's the ROI on that? And I was like, that, that's massive. I was like, that's not, he's like, yeah, this is, this is what, you know, this is property. And I, I just I could just remember thinking like I, I cannot unsee that now. You have forced my hand. I now have to do property whether I want to or not because of how good that is. So that really got the wheels in motion for me to start learning about property uh, and going down that path. No, oh, nice, nice. And you've you've got some quite good projects, have you not? Well, I I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, look, it's not for everyone, uh, but but because of the circumstances that we're in, it works for us. So. Um, I came in to the mastermind program when I started uh, with property with a good lump sum of money and uh, I was uh, but with zero knowledge pretty much. So uh, no single lets or anything. Uh, No, I'm not very handy at all. So really I am looking to leverage someone that kind of understood what they're doing. I'll then pay my way for that. And uh, we've got into commercial and residential. So we purchased two pubs. Uh, The first one we bought in cash and uh, converted that into five uh, flats then the second one uh, we bought and uh, for cash again, and then converted that into seven pubs. Those two are up and running. The third one was a massive old furniture store, an old retail unit, and we've convert we're converting that now into eight flats with three commercial units. That should be ready in the next two months. And we just purchased a bank, which we're going to convert the upstairs into eight flats with the downstairs as one commercial unit.
0: Okay, so pretty much all flats then. That's that's really good as well. Um... I think that's safe. That's, that's future-proofing, isn't it? That's is future-proofing for you. Less tape, less everything. Uh, and of course, you don't have to worry so much about, you know, massive turnarounds and things, do you, of, of tenants and stuff like that. A lot of people, of course, looking at HMOs, looking at service to come, very, very noisy. Good cash flow, but very, very noisy businesses, obviously. Flats in your own portfolio, uh, in your own investments is is a very smart way of doing things. And I mean, um, obviously, you know, when did you start to think to yourself then that I, I want to now, you know, help people and start showing people that, that you know, this can be done, that it's not uh, it's not just for a select few. If you actually follow these actions and follow these pathways, then, you know, th- this can help you. And I know, you know, I want to talk about the YouTube channel because you set yourself out a big
1: target on that. I'm not sure. Where, where have you got to on that? i am uh, at just over 8000 subs and I'm I put it out there to the world that I will be getting a million. So yeah. I've got a, I've got a long way to go. I've got a long, long way to go, but you know, that's, that's what I'm, I'm not here to do things that are easy. Uh, I'm trying to do things that I could be really proud of and to see what I'm capable of. And I may not do it and that's fine. Uh, and I won't lose any sleep off not doing it, but I'll lose sleep off not trying. So, uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do. But, um, yeah, y- your question, your initial question was at what point do you decide to kind of think you want to give back and do that? No, I'll be honest with you. I'm not like, Speaking here as some alt- altruistic person that just you know loves giving back into the world, I-, I selfishly feel good for helping people. That's why I do it. Okay, so I'm not you know not trying to uh, dodge around that. I am obsessed with optimizing in all forms of life, uh, wealth, health, happiness. Uh, I just love seeing how I can grow and get better. That's something I just I, I always like doing, and I get a kick of being around other people. And if I can help influence them to grow as well, it's like a drug to me. So that's what I'm doing. I used I used to be I used to do sales coaching. I used to be a manager. Used to have a lot of involvement with people. And then doing my own business, working solely for myself in this office, made me realise that I kind of missed that. And I probably wasn't getting the best out of myself because I wasn't around people. Property I, I inadvertently, Mark. I didn't go into it for this, but it's a property. It's a people business, right? As mm-hmm. we know. And I kind of it, it caught something in me. And I was like, oh, I need to be around people. I, I know that I'm best when I'm in, as part of a team and around other people. And um I spent some. I spent a lot of time focusing on what I want to do, and it was. Uh, I did a video on this, and um, it was the the element by Sir Ken Robinson, uh, a book which is which is awesome, which is is about trying to find the thing that you're meant to be doing, which is the element, and it's a blend of your strengths and your passions. And the crossover there is the element. And to try and find something that you can monetize within that. So I wrote a list of all the things that I felt like I could become world-class. I wasn't world-class now, but that I could become world-class. I then wrote down all the things that I really love to do. And I was thinking, I've been told I'm a really strong communicator. So I'd say that as a strength, not a passion. But I love figures numbers working out and finances so I was like okay i could do public speak oh, i don't know if i want to be driving around doing that i was like going around the, the houses i had loads of different ideas and one of the which was well if i did youtube then i could just speak in front of a camera i wouldn't have to be in front of a massive audience i could use my communication skills and then share what i like to do and also i could be a bit silly because i don't I, I don't like corporate like stuffiness like i really i'm like I, i'm really opposed to that so I like to be a little bit silly, tongue in cheek, not to take myself too seriously. So it just ticked a lot of boxes for me. So I thought, OK, I don't know if this is for me. I'm going to give it a go. And as per normal, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to go all in. So I invested heavily in equipment, went on training courses, set myself a massive target, which I've shared with everyone, and we'll just see what happens.
0: <laughs> That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So go out there and do what make, what makes you feel good, what you're happy about, what you're passionate about. And and that Absolutely. is, that is, I mean, that is living the dream. At the end of the day, you know, people can say, oh, you know, I want millions and millions of pounds. I want this. I want that. You've got to find what your passion. And I, this is one of the things I try and help people with a little bit myself is to say you've got to have a passion for it. Yes, there's always an end goal. But if if you're driven by it, then you won't fail because you'll keep going. You might have to tweak things, but you can keep going. You know, you can keep looking at at different ways of doing things. But the gist of it is we only fail when we stop. So find what you're passionate about. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people out there that want to do something just because they want the money. Uh, And I always say that's a risky game to play because at some point something might happen or you're going to get bored because you're not passionate about it it will fizzle out now that's not too bad if it's a means to an end and you've got a bigger picture but you you, you know yourself don't you at the end of the day if you, if you haven't got a passion for it you're not going to do it
1: yeah, like you're, you're spot on. Like, you, I, okay, where I only disagree is the last point. Okay, because I went into publishing online because I wanted to make money. Like, I, I, it wasn't like a desperate. Like, I hated writing. I wasn't. I'm not a good writer. I'm a numbers guy, so it wasn't a strength of mine. Uh, but I hired people to do all that for me. I did it solely for the money. I'll be really straight with you. That was my goal to become financially independent quicker. Uh, I still did it because I've got a level of determination and drive and commitment, and I was all in on it. But. Here's the here's the key difference, is that the people that are passionate about doing it will do it at such a higher level than I will. They'll get more money and they will be more enjoyable and they'll do it for longer. I think success, um, a large part of it is endurance. So the more that you enjoy doing something which is like repeated efforts and consistency, the better you will become. So if you force yourself to do something for money... And you don't really enjoy it, the chances are you're probably not good at it and you're competing with people that do. So you're always going to be up against it. Now, the people are really up against it again with me when it comes to YouTube because I just want to help and I don't need, I don't do it for the money. So there are people that need to take their little slice off the top. Well, I need to get my 20%, my 50%. I don't care about that. So I've always got that extra 20 to 50% I could chuck straight back in and help other people and add more value. So they've got a real big challenge to come up against me because of that. So Look, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, pimping yourself out and doing something for finances if you have an uh, if you have an idea of what you want to get to, which could be that financial independence to have your passion project at the end of it. So, it, but just understand that you're always going to be up against it. And if you can find something you're passionate about and you're strong at and make money, then you're really onto a winner because you can do it forever.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. So if you lost everything now, God forbid, but if you lost everything now, what would you or what would you... Maybe a better question actually is uh, for somebody starting out (laughs) right here and now, (laughs) what what would be your recommendations? You know, I mean, if you had to start from scratch, what would you look at yourself?
1: Yeah, it's a really easy decision for me. So, Mark, I want to put this back to you and see what your answer is. But for me, it's 100 percent about business. It's not property. It's not stocks. It's about you have to invest. You either have to utilize your skills and experience today. So if I had my same mindset, I know what I'm good at and I could just double down into that immediately. If you if you don't have that, you need to save and scrape to get some money to then um uh, invest into training to something that you're interested in. Uh, either way, you, you've just you've got to double down to business because there, it's limitless growth. You can you could earn uh, you know billions of pounds a month potentially. That's what's preventing us. And the reason that I don't do that now is because of me. It's not because of you know it's not possible. It's because I'm not providing enough value right now. So it would be all about how I can best put value out into the world. Harness my strengths and weaknesses. Uh, sorry, my strengths and my passions to give back uh, and solve people's problems. Uh, so I've got uh, I have I, I could have a hundred careers. I have too many ideas. I have too many things that I want to run with, you know, and that's part of my problem that's holding me back is because I I have my fingers in too many pies when it'd be better just to focus and double down in one. So that'd be another part of my advice as well is not try and do three or five things, choose one and be the best possible version you can be. Um, and it would be business. But how about you? Would you agree or disagree with any of that?
0: No, I, I, I would actually now, here and now, agree wholeheartedly with that because uh, I always say the same thing. If I lost everything now, I actually think I could get myself relatively back into a good position within about six months through the knowledge that I already have um, and probably even quicker at the end of the day because so. uh, you know exactly the actions to take. Now, if you're starting out and you don't know the actions to take, that's where we say go and learn how to take those actions or go and follow those steps uh, and that's what I would do. So potentially, if if I didn't know what I was going to do and I was I was still in my corporate job and I was still hating life at the end of the day. Well, there well, anyway, I used to like my home life. I like to get that in. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, I, I would now I would spend the 20 grand all over again, because if I know, you know spending 20 grand can make me over 100,000 pounds a year. You do it every day, wouldn't you? You know, if you say no to somebody, you, you spend mm-hmm. spend a few grand, and you can double it within a certain time frame, so to speak. You've got to do the work. You would do. It. It's an investment anybody would make. But I, I, my biggest thing is people are afraid to invest, and I was because this is how I think are, are 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 afraid to invest in themselves because they're not sure they don't back themselves, and I think that's one of the things is. A lot of people say, oh, I've not got the confidence that you've got. You have. Everybody's got the confidence. And I mean, we, we all do Wealth Dynamics, don't we? It says you're a blaze, you're a creator, you're a steel. Listen, we're everything. But there's certain things that we prefer to do. When I first did a Wealth Dynamics and it, it's like a square thing and it's got, uh, you know, I'm all blaze. So I'm all front end star. That's why I do this podcast and everything. But um, I was very much a box in the middle. I was blazed, but I was a box in the middle. And that's because in my corporate world, I had to be. I had to wear all the hats. Mm-hmm. But I've subsequently done that test again. I did it last year. And it's all blaze now. It's, there's, 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 because I have, I have a team now that do the back end, so to speak, I don't have to wear all those hats. I have to know things, but I don't have to spend all my time doing them. So we can adapt and we can change. And that's the same with confidence levels and things like that. But knowledge It's power. Knowledge will give you confidence. It will give you the confidence to take the actions that you need to take to move yourself forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love that. I I did. uh, uh, Have you ever done Belbin, the team uh, team working exercise, team building Uh, uh, exercise? No, I've heard of it. I've never done it. Somewhat similar to Wealth Dynamics. we, We did it in our sales team. And uh, I just want to highlight this. So I was part of like helping run the session uh, and we all had to fill in these bits and then we're giving the results and then sharing our results. So we could all understand how different we are and how we can use each other's strengths to benefit. And you're not right and they're wrong. It's just that they've got a different way of doing things and it's trying to understand each other, right? So it's just, you know, ma- makes common sense. Great exercise. I was the only one in the entire office, entire room, okay? They give you they give you a, a list of how, how, how strong you are in a certain area, like creativity, right? And you have a score. And then like everything, you can have have a vice of deficiency and a vice of excess. You can have too much of something. You can be too creative. I could be courageous and I could be too courageous and put my life on the line. Well, I had zero positive for creativity and I had a tail, like I had a score for negativity. Every single person in that room had at least a scoring a, a low scoring in the areas they weren't very good at i was the only person in the entire room that had a zero score for anything and that was creativity and now i create videos and write and create content for a living so i just wanted to make the point that i had the limiting belief at the time that i was the most uncreated person ever people said, i don't bother wasting time on creative stuff for me i just follow what works and i've kind of proven that you can learn anything including creativity so i just wanted to kind of really underscore that point you made because i first hand have gone through evidence kind of counter to that um the second point you were saying what was that because uh, you've got the wealth dynamics what else are you saying that mark oh i had another point to go on to well it's like recreating yourself
0: at the end of the day don't don't stereotype yourself i mean you've you've covered that one there but um it it is a case of really trying to um get out of, get out of your own way and just back yourself
1: which was was yeah, another yeah, it was it was backing yourself. So I, I don't understand what drives some people and, and doesn't drive others. And I wouldn't worry about confidence. Uh, I, I, What I would say is just understand what it is that you want, like where you're at and what do you want. And if there's a difference between that, go and get that. Like, And it can take time and that's fine. And it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy, but you can get that. So it's just okay. If if anyone is unhappy about anything in life, is a relationship, health, wealth, whatever, Focus on what it is that you want to get to, and the easiest path to do that is find someone doing that and then model their steps. It's as simple as that. It, it you know it, it can take time and it won't be easy, but you can literally become anything that you want to be. It's, as long as it doesn't defy the laws of physics, we can achieve anything.
0: Yeah, and I, I think I think. Oh, getting a bit uh, heavy here but it also comes down to like almost an, an alter ego in in a good sense that you the person you are right now if you go off you do some training you get some knowledge you can even read good books you expand your mindset all of a sudden you you've almost step into another alter ego of yourself the old the old me now has gone and gone and dead dead and gone at the end of the day there is a new version of me and i'm hoping in the next year or a couple of years there'll be another version of me do you know what I mean? And, and, and that's what, how we grow and how we progress. You know, as soon as we're born, we're always growing. But we also when I finished school, when I finished college, I never grew anymore. I never read books, never did anything. And that was where it all stopped. And that's where we see so many other people doing the same thing. And it took me a long time to get out, as I say, out of my own way to do so. But I'm always looking at trying to be the next good version of myself. And I think if you go with that attitude, and I can see you are as well, mm-hmm. um, which is why I love chatting to you. Because it is about trying to improve, trying to be the best version of you you can be. And we're all lazy. We all procrastinate. There's there's nobody out there that doesn't have the same doubts, worries, and feelings that you have. You can have multiple millions in the bank, or you can have nothing in the bank. You're still going to get scared at things. You're still going to have problems, and you're still going to need to get over things. But that's where I also think that the knowledge and the communities surrounding yourself with the right mentality and the right type of people can also help. To drive you and push you forward, can it?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely loving everything you're saying there, Mark. I, I don't know if I'm going to say the guy's name right. I think it's uh, Torben Shahir. Uh, I think he's a, uh, I think he's a professor or a teacher at one of the main uh, uh, universities in America. And he had this wonderful saying, which is all about kind of progressing and perfection. Because some people can get kind of get caught in perfectionism. It's just about trying to close the gap between who you are and who you're capable of being. And you'll never fully get there, but it's in the pursuit to where all the growth comes from. It's, no, it's, it, it's not, it's not being, uh, uh, being perfect. It's just trying to close the gap. And he used this uh, analogy as a guiding star rather than a distant shore. So, as opposed to a distant shore where we arrive to, I'm suddenly here now, everything is fine. I have no worries. It's just a guiding star, and you head in that direction, and you will feel good as a result. You'll never attain it, and that's fine. You're not supposed to. You're just supposed to head in that direction. And this kind of brings me back to my point and why we connect and get on because. We both understand the benefit from trying to get yourself out of your comfort zone and trying to improve. It's, it, is the ju- it is all about the journey. And, and generally, like the, when I first earned 10 grand a month uh, through my online business, that was a, lo- a big goal for me. That was such a massive milestone. I've been fortunate enough to earn almost three times that amount of money on a monthly basis. And I'm telling you, it wasn't as good. people like well what do you mean it's three I'm telling you it's not not only is it not three times as good it wasn't as good as that because I hit a milestone and the journey I knew what I got to but actually now looking back that chase towards getting to 10k which was a long-term goal of mine was amazing and I didn't really appreciate I just wanted to get there then you're there and you're like oh okay and now everything else wasn't quite as good so take time to enjoy that journey that is really where all the richness of life belongs. Do you know what? I couldn't
0: agree more myself. I say this to people now. I say this to students as well. I say it like, like 2019 is where I started my property business, my own business, always wanted my own business. Didn't have, I had a business, didn't have any money coming in or anything, obviously, as you grow, uh, grow it and progress. But I, I slogged away, hammer and tong for 12 months, created, you know, doubled my income, created a rent-to-rent business, happy as, happy as Larry and everything like that. And I look back now and wish I'd enjoyed it more wish that i'd taken time to save it because once i'd actually once i'd made my wage back through my own business and my business still managed itself as well so it's not just like all the money i'm making i'm paying myself i'm actually paying myself my current salary which i was getting um all of a sudden that was that i had that was my, that moment for me and that was like oh, i've done it i've done it now i create and i earn a lot more and it's it never feels as good. You're always sort of chasing, it, thinking, "Well, why am I not yeah. even happier now?" Because it doesn't work yeah. like that. It's that challenge. It's that chase. And and that is you've just hit the nail on the head brilliantly. Um, and it is enjoy the journey. And I like Akash's book um, from RT and T Fitness uh, where he says checkpoints. Just look at things as checkpoints. Don't there, there, there is no he, he he does health and fitness, so it's about losing weight and getting yourself um, you know fit and healthy and everything. And it's all about a lot of the time we fall off the wagon because we reach what we think is a destination or a perfect weight and then we put all the weight back on because we don't continue to the next checkpoint and the next checkpoint and enjoy the journey of it, do we? Everybody's too quick to try and want to get there, aren't they? Yeah,
1: a bit ourselves included we're human that's that's what it is you just realize and you you look at all the old texts and the stoic philosophy and it is about the journey and not the destination and most of us will probably just have to live through that to understand it Uh, and now I can do something that I just truly enjoy and I'm just trying to enjoy the journey as much as I like yes I still get caught into the whole games of, oh, I wish I was here, get to 10K, then 100K followers, then get to this. and But it's just, I, I just have to keep reminding myself. But now I've lived through it, so it's a little bit easier for me to listen. But I still get caught up in those little games at times. I just have to try and remind myself.
0: But I think if you can keep it as a game, because I'm the same. It's it's nice when you get more subscribers, or you know, we have a really good week on the podcast and stuff like that, and you know, we've got X amount of listeners and things. And it's just like, oh yeah, we've achieved. And then the next week, it's down. And I just think, where's well, peaks and troughs at the end of the day. Um, But it is a game. Treat it. Treat life as, as to a point. As sometimes you need to be serious and everything. But. Take it with a pinch of salt. Treat things as a game and you will enjoy them a hell of a lot more. Because, you know, any problems that you've got right here and now, you may not even be thinking about next week. They might be that life and death at the end of the day right here and now. But I always do that now and just think, well, in a week's time, I'm not even going to be worried about this. You know, we'll have solved the problem and we'll have moved on. So um, and but it it does take time to build up that mindset and to build up those sort of beliefs in in what you're doing as well, doesn't it?
1: Uh, I think that's worth putting out. Uh, you know, people kind of uh, uh, ask me like how I think the way I do, and I'm grateful for the fact that I went through quite debilitating forms of anxiety and panic attacks. And at my worst, I was so afraid to leave the house because I didn't, I was this confident macho man and no one could see me vulnerable. And I was scared of having a panic attack, uh, and being on my own, so I was afraid to post a letter which was literally 50 meters away from my home. And I realized, oh, I've got a problem, like, I need to sort, sort this out. This was in my 20s, it started. Um, another sad story is as well my dad came down to visit me went away and i called my dad in my mid to late 20s i can't remember how old it was and asked him to come back because i was on my own and i was alone and i didn't want to be left with my thoughts i didn't know how to handle it so i I called my dad and my dad stopped with me because i i was unable to you know be in a house my own i share that because i had difficulty i was trying to hide all of that and it made it worse but when I realized that this isn't life and I need to really start kind of taking care of myself, it also demonstrates to people like you can go from that to where I am now as well. Like, and I, I think it's so important to talk about these things and to know what's possible. And I started learning about psychology, learning about self-help and how the mind works and how I can look after myself more. And slowly I started to make those incremental change. And it's, it's never like anything. It's not a straight line. Right. I kind of got better than I came back down. Then I got a bit better, got come back down. And then people say kind of 10 years later, 12 years, 15 years later, how are you the way you are? It's just like it's just a long road to travel. Like it's you know, these things don't happen overnight. And it, it certainly didn't for me. But I went from a very dark position from a couple of really dark years uh, to being able to be right now a very happy, fulfilled um, person. Uh, people would say I'm very positive and upbeat and I wasn't always like that
0: no that's really good and thank you for sharing that as well because I, I think can you as you were doing this as you were getting the mindset and everything if you don't mind sharing did you did you Not start to be able to notice oh hang on a minute I'm starting to go you know into that place again did you did you start to you know almost get the warning signs for for yourself um because sometimes we can get engulfed in a bit of depression or get down and things like that obviously with your anxiety and stuff like that were there certain triggers that you thought oh hang on a minute if I go and do this now, I can try and make sure that doesn't happen?
1: Yeah. So, for me, first of all, I have no problem. I, I like talking about it because I think it's important that everyone knows about it. And that actually, when you talk about it, you own it as a part opposed to the other way around. Um, so, yes, absolutely. I knew what triggers were. And how I got into a bad state was I listened to them. So, I would see mm. myself and feel myself building up. And I would avoid that situation so I wouldn't go down that path. And that gave me a crux. And then I needed to avoid that thing. And then something less severe would come up. And then that would be a problem. So I'd avoid that. And then something less severe. And then before you know it, I'm stuck in the house and I don't want to leave, you know, because I don't want anyone to see me. So what I learned through the whole process, which is really difficult to hear, and I was fighting it, but it's the truth, was you just need to face it. You need to face it and be like, F you anxiety, whatever. I have a panic attack in front of a mini, I don't care. That's the thing right now. If it happened now, I wouldn't care. Uh, it would like when it happened before and people saw me, I was devastated and I always suffered more with anxiety than I did with depression, but the depression only ever came in because I was anxious. It was like as a, as a castle, i never had bad depression. I just had really high levels of anxiety that was debilitating. Uh, so once I learned that actually here's the key mindset, which is nothing new, but it, it, it you know, pays to, you know, it, it's more important to be reminded than it is to be taught. Um, and that is courage isn't um, you know never feeling fear. It's it's feeling fear and acting in the face of it. And really, that was what helped turn me around. So feeling low, depressed or whatever, actually facing up to those things in my life, which were really difficult to do with the stepping stones I needed to kind of continually push back and push back. And then you get strength off the back of that. And you realize, actually, I'm going to see what else I can do. And you kind of push it up a notch, push it up a little bit more, and you can do that. And, it, and obviously, then it's limitless. So you keep kind of climbing that ladder um, and always know that I can do that now. So if I have bad moments because I'm a human being and these things happen, I, I know what I need to do to get myself in the right position. So I, I've i got a good self-care routine. I know if I, again, just to kind of share this for, for those, if this even helps one person it has been worthwhile, but, you know, have I slept well? Am I eating well? Am I not, am I drinking too much alcohol? Am I drinking too much coffee? Am I exercising? Uh, am I being out in nature? Am I socializing? So normally, if I'm in a bad state, there's one or two things that are like, you know, red flags here. I only have four hours of sleep. Okay, then if I have a good night's sleep tonight, that will probably fix most of my issues or i drunk alcohol okay then i'll have a spell off alcohol dial it back and that might be enough for me to kind of move on so yeah it was uh, a long case of learning i'm definitely not perfect i'm not claiming to be but i'm i've now gone from again quite a desperate position to now i don't it doesn't affect me you know it doesn't it doesn't run my life in whatever way but it, it held me down and judged everything that i did on a daily basis it doesn't have a grip over me now
0: God, that's, oh, it's good to hear. It's good to hear, and thank you for that as well. I mean, I, I've never had it to that case, so I can only sort of imagine, you know, what what people go through, and 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 even worse as well. But I mean, my, myself, I never, I never really recognised the triggers of when when you're just getting down, when you're getting annoyed, um, and I, I do now. I I almost. When I'm thinking of something, maybe something's happened and you think to yourself, oh, God damn it, why has that happened? And and I'm almost, you know, you start to get a bit upset about it or something's really, really annoyed you. I tend to talk to myself. I tend to I start having an argument. And all of a sudden, if, if, it, if it involves somebody, that person's all of a sudden in my head and I'm arguing with them. They're, they're going to say this. I'm going to say that. And that is when I know I'm tired because I don't normally. I will just let it go. So that is normally, like you say, that it's a trigger for me to think, hang on, Mark. It, it might be late on in the day or like you say, maybe I haven't uh, slept well or something like that, because normally I would just pick up the phone, speak to that person, get it solved and sorted. But all of a sudden I've decided to have a, an argument in my own head that will probably never even happen because we'll probably talk and solve it anyway. Um, but all of a sudden you can start to put I, I can now see how I used to put myself into a bit of a, uh, a darker place with in my corporate job when I was managing teams of 80 odd people and things because you're always uh, like overthinking things at the end of the day um so now I just switch off or maybe put some music on or go for a walk or take the dog out and do something nice and just think today's done I I, you know my my, my day at the end of the day unless there's anything major that needs sorting out I'm just going to take a break if it happens at 10 o'clock in the morning I'm stuffed don't I but it's normally in the
1: afternoon.
0: It's, I get up quite early. So it's normally in the afternoon or late afternoon when and I just think, no, no, no need a rest early night tonight and we'll solve this problem and get it out of the way. And like you say, it's about taking those actions because the things that we put off, it's never normally as bad as we think it's going to be. Is it?
1: Uh, no, I've just, I could just, there's so many things I could pick up on there, everything you said that I absolutely love it, Mark. I couldn't agree more. Um, but yeah, it's uh with your last point, which is a really interesting point because I'm writing about this now on my publishing video, it, it kind of comes down to uh, literally starting is 90% of everything. Yeah. Uh, most the procrastination I feel on a daily basis of writing is so strong. And I'll be, I'll be transparent with you now. I didn't do any script writing today. I was supposed to do up to three hours a day. I didn't do any today and I feel terrible for it. And it, I know tomorrow is going to be even harder because I went a day without it and it will just fester in my mind. It will make it easier not to do that. But as soon as I sit down, I feel resistance. I won't want to do it. I won't want to do it. I'll be making up. Oh, I need to do washing. I need to do anything but right. As soon as I sit down, within literally minutes, it's like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> so it's like, it's getting, you know, getting your backside down in the chair. Or if, if, if working out it's never been a problem because i always enjoyed it. But it's just getting, just walk through the gym door. That is the win. And then you're, you know, you're on your way. So, yeah, starting is, uh, pro- I think if you could just fix the starting issue, there probably wouldn't be many issues with, Anything, whether it's a difficult conversation, working out, or business.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I, I could talk. I could talk to you about this all day long because I absolutely <laughs> love it. Because it is, it is, it's almost in itself. It's 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 stuff that should be taught. I believe it should be taught at an early age as well. You know, to to be able to control your our minds, our brains, because they will run off with us. But it's still something that's neglected out there in in schools and even colleges and things like that. Actually, to help people and set them up and. and it's probably worse. I mean, I sound like my granddad now or my dad. It's probably worse <laughs> now than it's ever been with with social media, with the devices that we've all got and everything. Because you you c- you can be constantly bombarded with you know not feeling good enough with negativity if you allow it. So you know, I always say you know as much as anything, use stuff to, to suit your needs for your business and things like that. But don't obviously be a consumer of everything and negative news that's out there and things like that. Um, so I'm conscious of your time, always my good friend, but I do like to ask a few questions as well, more because I'm interested in the answers than anything else. So is that okay? <laughs> okay.
1: With you? Of course it is. So, yeah. Um,
0: what's the best advice you've been given?
1: Oh yeah. Um, that uh, is just so much. I, I, I actually think um, there there are four cardinal uh, values from uh, Stoic philosophy. Uh, it's uh, wisdom, uh, r- roughly translated as wisdom, which is the knowledge something, self-mastery, which is discipline, uh, courage, uh, which is self-evident, and then uh, love. And I feel out of all of those, courage is probably the most important thing. And so- Socrates believed this to be true as well. Um, if you just invest in nothing else from this podcast or anything in your life, more than just courage, which is not about acting fearlessly, it's acting in, despite feeling fear, that is true courage. So it's feeling fear and doing it anyway. Uh, so the best advice I could say to anyone is just you feel a little bit uncomfortable about something, just do it you, you and see how you feel off the back of doing that.
0: Yeah, it's brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. I mean, I just talking from my own thing, when you are a little bit scared or nervous, you know, if, if, even if, you know, you're standing up in front of people and you feel the nerves. It's, I used to used to get scared of the nerves and just think, oh, I don't like feeling it. And now I embrace it because I know I'm alive. You know, this means a lot to me. I'm going to enjoy myself. So bring on those nerves and stuff like that because you'll soon get over those as you start taking the action. So, but courage is, is everything. And, and anybody can learn to be, Or courageous and can learn to have courage. If you think now that you haven't, you know, you're not a courageous person, you haven't got courage to be able to go out there and and do those deals or talk to those people or just start something. You have, but you need to start doing the daily disciplines and practicing being courageous. So start small and work your way up um I would say as yeah.
1: well. Yeah, can, can I just add to that very briefly that like I couldn't agree with you more, and and people are concerned about how they feel as opposed to the the, the very simple solution to it, which is reps. That's all it is. So I have got so much evidence of being petrified and scared of doing certain things, and the way to overcome that is to do it so many times, uh the, the repetition that it no longer bothers you, and just know that you can you can actually combat any fear off the back of repetition and knowledge and experience.
0: That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I'll show up on that one. That one's great. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, If you didn't do what you do now and you had to work a nine to five job, but you could choose whichever one you wanted to do, what would you do?
1: Oh, God. I mean, the thought of working for someone else now is just that's really difficult. I think it would be something it would be something I'm so passionate about, like someone doing something that i'm doing like maybe working for a famous youtuber or like helping uh get my you know my strength of uh, an analysis project management dealing with people dealing with teams and people i'd have to be something something uh, that had such a big mission um like you know alex or mosey you know, someone that, uh, you know, is a, is an amazing content creator on sales and marketing. He's in the States. But I would find someone locally to me that I could get behind that's doing content creation, which is exciting, and just help them in whatever way I can. I, I just couldn't do a standard nine to five. It's done for me. now. No, no, no. Oh, Dan Hill said he'd be a DJ. Oh, did he? Yeah. Is that, so, is, that, is that nine to five, though? Well, I suppose PA, uh, yeah, well, it's night you it? You've still got to do the job. You? <laughs> yeah, true. I had to let him off. I had to let him off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you could sit around a dinner table with three people, alive or dead, who would you like to sit around and pick their brains and have dinner with?
1: God, these type of questions. You really, These quick fires are so hard for me because I love thinking about things. I'm an overthinker. Uh, so the three people that I would love to. My sporting hero growing up was Michael Jordan. And watching The Last Dance used to make I would just love to pick his brains. Um, who else? Uh, I, uh, I, 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 the two people I really like at the moment are uh, Alex Hormozy and Naval Ravacamp. So they're two very different people. I think uh, Hormozzi's the go-getter. If I need to, like a rocket on my backside, like I want to listen to him, let's go. Let's rip this up. And Naval helps me to realize that it's better to work smarter than harder. So which whatever is I need. If I need a rocket on my backside, if I just need to calm down and take a moment, it'd be listening to those two. And I, those two are great intelligent thinkers and have great opinions about pretty much everything. So I think my sporting hero may maybe those two, uh, that would be my answer for now.
0: Brilliant. Love it. Love it. Michael Jordan's one of mine as well, uh, just because the mind's getting everything. And The Last Dance is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix, I do believe. Do you listen to uh, any podcasts? If you do, what are your top three?
1: Uh, My First Million uh, as a business podcast, I think that is outstanding. Uh, two very successful business people that kind of share their best practices and it's two mates chatting. So they make it very easy to listen to. Um, I'm a big, I'm a long-term fan of Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss for multiple reasons. They just have loads of wide ranging guests on there all talking about all different types of things. And for uh, when I'm feeling a little bit silly, I listen to uh, Your Mum's House uh, or uh, Two Bears and One Cave with Tom Scorer and Bert Kreishow just to totally switch off and uh you know, tap into my silliness
0: nice like it like it and do you have uh a, t- a top three books you'd recommend
1: <sighs> you're killing me mark you're <laughs>
0: like, i, I want to have all right, all this is all the all last one this is the last back. one i know top three I, I, I always say narrow it down a bit i could do a top 30
1: yeah i mean exactly right it's so difficult so um the, the Obstacle is the Way is one that keeps coming back for me for Ryan Holiday. It's a book just there because it is all about overcoming obstacles. And as a human being, we face obstacles. This book isn't about getting you through that obstacle. It's about using that obstacle to your advantage, making it not only like, it's bad that I had panic attacks. No, that was actually a strength in my life because I can now help other people, and I come at it from a different t- um, frame of mind. I've become stronger mentally because I had these panic attacks. So it helps you kind of turn your weaknesses into a strength. So the message behind that book, I think, is absolutely fantastic. Uh, okay. Go through the daily sto- anything kind of daily stoic uh, or stoic related. Sorry, is fantastic. Um, so as you can tell, I'm a big fan of Ryan Holiday. Um, I also think one of my books here. This is uh, this is a, a big book. Um, it, this cost me like. 60 quid which for a book is ridiculous right it's the almanac um it's poor charlie's almanac which is basically the work of um charlie munger who's uh warren buffett's right-hand man as far as distilling wisdom you could just flick this anywhere and get an absolute gem Uh, it's a magnificent book and not everyone talks about that but that will be right up there as well yeah i'm writing that one down i've not seen that one before i like him I'm a, I'm a book themed really? like the, the, the uh, finance books, uh, four hour work week, um, the Almanac, uh, uh, the Almanac of Naval, I think are right up there as well as I would recommend the book, not the audio book of the millionaire fast lane. I find the guy's voice quite irritating because he did a self narration, but the actual work that he puts into there, creating a business and becoming wealthy. There's some really great stuff in there as well. Psychology of money. Yeah, I could go on all day.
0: Brilliant. Well, we'll maybe do another podcast on books. Um, but no, that's great. That's great. So, uh, I understand as well that you've got um, some, some opportunities to work with your good self coming up.
1: Yeah, so I, actually, I, I'm not, I think we were saying before that this will be going out the following week. So, um, uh, last week when you're listening or watching this, uh, I, I put out some coaching slots. Uh, it's something I've, I've been working with someone I've been coaching for many years recently, and I've kind of I just absolutely love it. I'm not doing it financially because to be honest, uh, financially, it'd be better off me not coaching and focusing on my YouTube business, but I just love the connection and working with people and trying to help them grow. Again, selfish because I like it. Uh, So there are a few uh, coaching uh, spots that I'm putting out there. I don't know if they'll be taken. Hopefully they will be taken. But um, in any case, you can reach out to me at Hughesview.com. That's H-U-W-S-V-I-E-W.com. Uh, I'm at Hugh's View on all the socials. So reach out, DM me, say if you've listened to this podcast, what you liked about it, what you didn't, give me any feedback. And if you have any questions, fire them my way and I'll do my best to, uh, to help you with them.
0: Absolutely brilliant. And if you are not following this man on social media, you are missing a trick. It always makes me smile because not only do I learn, but he makes me laugh as well. So go and support his YouTube channel as well. Uh, And let's get him to a million subs. So, you know, like it, share it, subscribe to it, do everything we can. And let's let's say that we were a a part of huge, you know, um, a huge YouTube channel hitting a million because that's hugely exciting and, and, and something to be. So I just wanted to say from my own perspective, thank you ever so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, my friend.
1: Uh, right back at you. i've Really enjoyed this call. I think we probably got another two, three, four hours left to go. Like we could go on forever, but I really appreciate the time and the opportunity. And uh, yeah, thanks again, Mark.
0: Well, one thing I always like to say to guests, particularly when I like them, is uh, please come back. Please come back at some point, and we'll we'll do this all again when I can, you know, grab you away. And, uh, and yeah, let's schedule something in.
1: Hundred percent. Let's do it.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Thank you very much. So everybody or guys and girls or wherever you're listening or watching this, I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to like, subscribe, share, leave a comment uh, and let us know if you've enjoyed this episode. It's always a pleasure to be talking to you all and bringing these podcasts and YouTube videos to your good self. Remember to keep focusing on that vision, chasing those goals, and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye for now.